0: Game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance.
1: Well, the Oilers can't close it out this afternoon against the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Oilers up 3-2 after. After two, but they lose 6-4 to the Lightning. So the Oilers' three-game win streak is over. Their record on the season drops to 5-10-1. The Lightning are now 8-6-4. and Hope you're having a great Saturday afternoon. It's 5 o'clock along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Well, Rob, entertaining game. Bit of a, a wild game at times. Certainly some... Weird goals, uh, some some unlikely goal scores along the way, but uh, in the end, we see some Oilers issues uh, surface again. Uh, I mean, they allow five with the goalie in, and then Tampa Bay seals it with the uh, with the empty netter. And uh, you know, again, like I said, three two after the third, uh, a one goal lead turns into a two goal loss. Uh, you, you know, you you. Certainly hoping you would have got at least a point out of that game.
2: Well, you're looking at it as a wasted opportunity when you look at the fact that the Oilers had the lead in the third period. You know, in the second half of the third period, uh, a game where you've got three goals from bottom six, poss- almost bottom three players on your team. You got two goals from Ryan. You got a goal from Hamlin. Uh, you got you didn't get a point in a game that you had five power plays, including power plays in the third period. Uh, so. To me, it's one of those ones, well, you know what, we had every opportunity to win this hockey game, but two things, well, three things didn't happen, especially teams weren't good for the Oilers. The Oilers' goaltending wasn't as good as the Tampa Bay Lightning goaltending, and the stars of the Tampa Bay Lightning were better than the stars of the Oilers. Kucherov with three points, Dampkos has a goal, Kucherov has two goals, uh, Connor and Leon were combined zero points and minus fours, so usually... If you lose specialty teams, lose the goaltending, and lose the superstar battle, uh, you find yourself on the wrong side. And the Oilers were, having said that, this was a lost opportunity because of what their bottom six players did for them tonight.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting how we've been talking about the power play this season because uh, it was 25% coming into the game. 8th in the NHL. Mm-hmm. I mean, A lot of franchises would be th- well, thr- thrilled
2: with that. 24 franchises yeah. <laughs> would be thrilled with that.
1: Um, but was, as we look at the power plays for Conlon Motorsports, they'll help get you out there. Visit one of Conlon Motorsports' four locations across Alberta or online at conlonmotorsports.ca. The Tampa Bay power play goes 2 for 4. Now they did give up a shorthanded goal, but yep. they go 2 for 4. Uh, they got a big goal from Coast to tie it 4-4 on an abbreviated power play. That one was less than 30 seconds mm-hmm. and they set it up and scored. And the Oilers didn't, didn't cash in when they really needed one. I mean, the story of Monday's game against the Islanders, part of the story was the Oilers got two goals to make, a, two power play goals to make a 1-1 game, a 3-1 cushion that turned into a 4-1 win. Tonight, uh, Austin Watson slashes Bouchard's stick with 5.07 to goal. And a one-goal lead for his team, and the Oilers get a late power play. And quite frankly, Rob, they weren't close. They nope. they, they did not have uh, they didn't have a great C scoring chance on that power play.
2: No, they didn't. the The chances they got were uh, Bouchard shots from the point, but uh, teams are doing a better job defensively, killing the Oilers' power play. And they would have to. The best power play in the history of the NHL, guess what? Coaches over the course of the summer are trying to find ways to slow it down, especially coaches in the Western Conference would be. Uh, The Oilers have a chance to salt away a huge win on the road against a very good team, continue the streak alive. Uh, And the Oilers, top players, uh, unable to get it done. And uh, I mean, missed passes, not getting the puck across, uh, forcing plays that aren't there. And at that point, when the Oilers don't score in that power play, you're like, okay, uh-oh, because that Tampa, on a stupid penalty by Watson, was able to survive, and now you know something's going back the other way.
1: 6-4, the Lightning take it. Uh, the Oilers' record with 40 or more shots in a game continues to be a little confounding, uh, 0-5-1, as they outshot the Lightning 43-24 tonight including 20 to 10 in the first period. This, uh, not, I mean, the final result isn't exactly similar to that game in Vancouver, but the first 11 or 12 minutes were. Just hemming Tampa Bay in, second chances, strong play around the net. And I know it might sound a little silly to talk about the first period in a game when the Lightning got four in the third. Um, But if Edmonton could have got that third goal, I mean, Johansson might have not stayed in the game at that point. If the Oilers would have got, Three goals on their first twelve or thirteen shots. Well,
2: especially the way the first goal went in, where Derek Ryan never touched. Didn't the even puck. shoot the puck. Yeah. He never touched the puck from the top of the circle down, and he still went in the net. Um, yeah, the Oilers had a chance, number of chances to extend the lead. Uh, you, you look at the first period. If you just look at, if if we were just to take out all the highlights of the grade A scoring chances, and sh- show the people afterwards that at the end of this period it was only two one. And you're thinking, okay, now I know why the Tampa Bay Lightning were able to win this hockey game. They survived a first period where they were terrible, and not only did they survive it, they were only down one goal because of the fortunate bounce that Gucherov got. Yeah, uh, we've seen this a, a number of times where, uh, a number of times this year, where the Oilers' top players have had great scoring chances and are missing. Uh, McDavid a number of good looks. Drysaitl a number of good looks. Uh, those were automatic. A- and years gone by. This year, they're just not finding the back of the net and allowing teams to hang around and it's one thing to allow seattle or the islanders or san jose to hang around but you allow a team like tampa to hang around well they're gonna make you pay and that's what happened tonight is tampa's best players woke up in the final 40 minutes and they created some great a-scoring chances, and they helped. they were helped out where the Oilers shot themselves in the foot a couple times. But you're right. The first period, the Oilers were one, probably one shot away from getting a different goaltender, mm-hmm. and possibly getting two points. Instead, neither of those things happen, and the others are going back looking for answers to a game that they wasted an opportunity in.
1: 6-4, the Lightning win it. That's a $400 donation to 630 Ched Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown, injury lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com to 630 Ched Santa's Anonymous. Uh, so $470 for the year, or pardon me, Rob, uh, $4,700 for the year. 400 today. Yes, they've scored more than 4.7 goals uh, this year. I uh, Appreciate James H. Brown doing that, but it's a loss today for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, the continued uh, journey and, I guess, frustration of Evan Bouchard. And, yes, <laughs> again, you saw the – I mean, well, we've seen it on display a lot, but you saw it again today. I mean, he, he finishes um, shots that a lot of forwards wouldn't finish. 100%. I mean, like the one he shot in in the third period. But, again, two – uh, I, I would say one questionable decision and one probably flat-out bad decision led to goals today. Led and, goals against.
2: And I'm not even sure which one you're flip-flopping on because the th- uh, the the four-on-four on four one he can't. Sweep well, that that in. was a bad one. What was well, the other one? I'm the last, forgetting the other one. The the one was the two-on-one Jeanette scored where the the Oilers uh, Leon brings it across the, the ice. They have like a, a four-on-three-ish and Leon throws the puck across to to bouchard and it wasn't a great pass it wasn't state take to tape bouchard gets it on his back end. at that point you have your back to the net you've got players coming back you don't know where everyone is simply throw the puck on your back end down low you've got this is a line of kane, kane hyman and leon three big bodies throw it down low instead oh yeah that was a turns to the middle of the ice now he's caught so he throws the puck against the boards okay that's all right there. But as soon as he threw the puck against the boards, you got to realize, okay, there's no oiler there. I have now got to get back because there are two Tampa Bay Lightning behind me. Instead of taking a, uh, a route back towards his own net, he went parallel to the blue line. The Tampa Bay Lightning player, I think it was Sergachev, picks up the puck, and now you got Bouchard realizing, oh, oh and now he's in chase mode, and it turns into a th- 3-on-1 on Nurse with Bouchard back-checking. But if Bouchard, A, would have thrown it in the corner, there's nothing. And they yep. actually may have created something down low. After he threw it against the boards, if he would have went straight back, it's a 2-on-2. Two two. But instead, he took uh, the wrong route. And in a game that, you know, it's <laughs> you, 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 you've played well enough to get a point, you just gave up a grade-A grade a scoring chance that Skinner has no chance on. And uh, you're like, okay, this is same old story. So Bouchard, a couple of, of mistakes on the mental side of it, created grade-A scoring chances for the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they scored on both of them.
1: Yeah, well, and that's what the, the quote we were talking about from Knobloch in his interview with Bob, that uh, they have to make plays, they, they have to, what's the great clip, be great at things that require little or no skill. Like recognizing you're outnumbered and mm-hmm. shooting the puck behind the other team's net does, doesn't require any skill. That's just nope. realizing, like, okay, I got nothing, not, nothing to gain here. Just and the difficult. Oilers
2: actually would have had the numbers down low because if you watch the replay, Tampa had two guys caught high. Mm-hmm. That's how they got the 2-1 going the other way. Uh, he just tried, it's trying to make something out of nothing. And sometimes it gets you into more trouble, but even then he, he he made the wrong choice but now as soon as you move the puck, now get back in defensive positioning now just you know what get back let's I, let's punt and let's we'll start we'll start again but I'm not going to give up the chance going the other way and he doesn't go back to his own defensive position and he doesn't once he realizes he doesn't go back with urgency and now it was a two on one with a great pass the player that made the play he actually had a third Tampa Bay lightning player coming he would add a wide open net too so The Oilers in a game that they outshot Tampa bad and and you talked about their record with over 40 shots If you look at some of the goals the Jeanette goal was a two-on-one The winning goal was a partial breakaway deflection the Kucherov goal was a two-on-one that echo made a really good play, but uh, Kucherov got his own thing so right there are three odd man rush goals that the Tampa Bay Lightning got. You also throw in an unbelievable power play goal, and you've got enough goals to win a hockey game for the Tampa Bay Lightning.
1: Yeah, a great power play goal. I mean, they did the... So it was a pass from the middle to the right wing, and then it looked like a pass going right back to the guy who Started the play, but he leaves it. It goes across to Stampkos, who fires it in.
2: If if you if the play by play would have been Kucherov to Hedman to Kucherov to point to Kucherov to Stampkos to goal. Yeah, and it, and it was that quickly too. It was five seconds. There was five passes. Skinner, absolutely zero chance. That is as pretty as a pretty a power play goal you're going to see this season. And then uh, that tied at four four, and then Glendenning
1: got the game winner thirty nine seconds later. So the Oilers leading or tied. Uh, well, for 50 minutes of the game, they were leading or tied, and then it turned around in 39 seconds.
2: And the, the game-winning goal was just, uh, again, the Oilers creating something for Tampa. As On the play, the, the Oilers don't get it deep. It comes up to the far blue line, and I'm not even sure which player it was that got the assist on the play there for the, the goal for Tampa, but both Ryan and McLeod turned the wrong way and they went towards the middle of the ice and also in the Tampa Bay Lightning player, he's got, oh my goodness, I'm wide open. And now all of a sudden they've got an odd man break going in and McLeod's chasing, but if McLeod or Ryan turn the proper way, they cut off the pass or at least they take their man and then it's uh, an even man situation, but they both left and it was Cole Kopke wide open. And I don't know much about this player, but I know he's probably not as good under duress as he is if he's got all the time in the world. And he was able to skate all the time in the world, make a perfect pass, and then Glenn Denning tips at home. But again, that was a play that didn't need to materialize as the Oilers just and if you watch from the overhead, both McLeod and Ryan coming back, they both wanted the change. Puck doesn't get deep, turn the wrong way, and seconds later the Edmonton Oilers are behind in the game.
1: Yeah. Yeah, tough one. Just uh again, too many mistakes, not enough details, and I, you know, I would say I know I know you're saying Ryan and McLeod were on the goal for that game. I, I would say though, you know, you touched on it earlier like the Oilers' top guys were not good enough today. I mean we talked about Bouchard, Kane's minus two, Hyman's minus two, uh Big David's uh, minus I know some of these guys got tagged with the empty netter
2: as well, but still Well Leon Connor Kane, Hyman are combined, zero points, minus eight. And you go on the other side of it, you've got the top players of the Tampa Bay Lightning. They've got, Kucherov had three points. Stampkos, he has a goal. Um, who else was on there that had a, oh, Point, two points. So those guys, or actually Stampkos had two points, Point had two points, Kucherov has three points. So there's seven points from their top players. And that was the difference in this hockey game. So goaltending, Tampa was the better of the two, especially teams. Tampa was the better. And tonight, superstars. Tampa Bay Lightning superstars were a little bit better than the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. It's
1: funny. Stamkos, uh, I didn't notice him as much. I know he got two points and he got the goal. He he played under 14 minutes. Um, But, like, Kucherov was all over the place. Sometimes, So he, he, he did pass to the Oilers a couple times. Like, it was it was a, a bit of a strange game because um the, there were grade A chances that were stopped or missed the net. I mm-hmm. mean, four of the first five goals were weird. Yep. Uh, you know, yep. like you said, Ryan missing the puck, uh, you know, Kucherov, uh fanning on a shot, but then still getting it to go in. Uh, Kucherov
2: making a pass,
1: Banking a pass yeah. off Ekholm. Like b- both ways, there were there were weird goals, but. Yeah, in the end, uh, Tampa Bay was, was a little bit better. We, we've got to acknowledge here a, a great story, though, Rob, and we're going to make James Hamlin our fourth star for Jandel Homes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. Does come in a loss, but he gets his first career goal. I'm sure a lot of people have seen the highlight, pointing skyward, uh, tapping his heart, saying, that's for you, Mom. His mom passed away in 2017.
2: Yeah, every time you say it and I try to talk about it, I'm afraid I'm going to choke up thinking about it. Um, uh, it's a great moment. To be able to score a goal in the National Hockey League. Uh, If someone is fortunate enough to make it to this league, it's cool. But to be able to score a goal, it's like I scored in the NHL. Uh, I'm sure that he would love for his mother to still be around, for her to be able to see her boy score in the National Hockey League. But... uh, I, I know from my experience, I've lost a sister that I know that my sister was watching when I was still playing and, I'm, and Hamlin knows that his mother is watching up top and to be able to score that goal and the first thought that goes through your mind is your mum. And it's not just missing your mum but it's the sacrifices that your mum and dad made your entire life to allow you to live out a dream. Uh, I'm sure that he will cherish this moment, I'm sure tonight. Uh, there will be some tears as he thinks about everything that his mother meant to him and in his journey to get to the National Hockey League uh Hamblin was excellent in this hockey game but that moment uh an incredible moment for for him and a moment that all of us can realize that these guys are human and they uh good things and bad things happen to them in life and tonight uh was a a moment that uh, I know that I won't forget when I think back of James Hamblin in Edmonton. I'll remember the night he scored his first goal for his mom.
1: Yeah, well said for sure. Lightning win it 6-4. Let's go at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Name one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250 HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca or there's head
3: coach Chris Knobloch. Maybe too wide open? Yeah, no, overall, I thought the first two periods we played really well. In the third period, um, you know, I didn't like how we handled having the lead. Um, you know, their their forwards getting behind our defensemen, our, our uh, sorry, their forwards getting behind our defensemen, and our forwards not protecting the middle of the ice as well as we should have. Um, but overall, like I said, it could have been a different game in the first two periods where, especially after the first period, I thought we... It was the strongest that I've seen us play since I've been behind the bench and um, you know I thought the power play did everything but score those first two opportunities in the first and you know if we get uh, one of those then maybe it's a different game
4: So there's two ways to win that game either you've got to allow less and not have to get to five to win or your power play gets going and you get to
3: seven because this team used to be able to get to seven a bit. What's the, as a coach what would you rather see? I'd like to see both those happen. I'd like to see our power play contribute and our our defensive play uh, shut things down a little bit tighter. Mm-hmm. When
4: you're up 3-2 two after after two, uh, are you a coach that wants your team to play a different
3: style in the third and protect the lead or play the
4: same style that got
3: you the 3-2 lead? I want us to play the same style. Maybe be a little more conservative with the puck, especially in the offensive zone, throwing pucks out to the slots and stuff like that. But overall, I still want the same pressure, same systems, um... Yeah, we're not um, we're not changing anything other than maybe being a little more conservative with a buck. Good. Good. Thanks, Chris. Good. Seven, Bouchard. A lot
1: from uh, Chris Knobloch today. Well, not a lot of questions for him. I don't expect him just to go and start talking without being prompted. Uh, Six-four, the Lightning win it. And uh, first of all, one of the first things he said, Rob, it didn't like how they played with the lead. And so much of well any sports but hockey included is is situational mm-hmm. and i thought that was i mean 3-2 th- on the road okay yeah it's it's been a, it's been a weird game whatever It doesn't matter how it got there or if you should be up by more you're plus 1 in a game after the third period i mean you you, you got to do a better job of putting that away and he mentioned some of the things he didn't like
2: well yeah and it goes back to the oilers big mistakes um, they're, 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 when you're behind the other team is going to push and you understand the other team's going to push because we've seen it many times where the Oilers are the team trailing and make they start pushing and the teams can create something but don't make it easy for them and that's what the Oilers did uh, they they gave up odd man breaks against just by uh, mental mistakes in the offensive zone as he said um, it used to be in the NHL that the skill level on your top two lines was good enough; they could make something out of nothing, and they could on an odd man break the top two lines would score. But if you get to the bottom two lines, ooh, they'd be hard pressed to make a pass. Right? The NHL's not like that anymore. Guys on the fourth line can make really nice plays. Guys on the fourth line can score, and we saw that tonight. The 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 four, the third and the fifth goal for the. Tampa Bay Lightning were guys that aren't goal scorers, but they made great passes on a two-on-one, and they finished. And that's when you give up odd man breaks to teams, doesn't matter if it's top players or bottom players, you're asking for trouble, and the Oilers, with the lead tonight, made some poor defensive reads, made some poor defensive decisions. And these are the same decisions, Reed, that we've seen all season long. The reason the Oilers are where they are in the standings is not anything to do with work ethic. It is all about smart play mm-hmm. and lack of smart play.
1: Yeah, I I like how you put that. You make the right decision at the right time. So, what I mean, Jay Woodcroft lost his job. Um, you know, somebody wrote into my show the the other night, and I, I got to say that it's a, it's a good point, and we saw it again today. Um, the, but this person wrote in and said. Jay Woodcroft lost his job because he was the coach at the same time when, when McDavid and Drysaddle both went into <laughs> big slumps at the same time. Now, may, maybe it's a slump. Maybe they're just – I mean, they're not the same, even though their point total is still respectable. I mean, Drysaddle's still well over a point a game. But in terms of – okay, so we singled out Boosh, but, I mean, it's at times it's up and down the lineup. How do you – I mean, we talk about, okay, bench and play? Like, you're not going to send – a top six player or a top pairing defenseman to the press box, even no. if you had enough players. But like, should Boosh have sat down for a few shifts today? Should like, what needs to go on here?
2: Well, it's hard right now for uh, Knoblock to do it because everything's got everyone's got a clean sheet right now. Everyone is starting fresh, so you can't he can't say, "Well, you're being benched because I know that seven of the games that you played before I got here, you weren't good." You can't do that. So right now, he's taking notes. And he's watching. He's, so after the game tonight, we'll talk about the plays that shouldn't have been made. And now I'm giving you the, here's the lecture, okay? We can't have this. We can't have that. Now you know. Now, now you're going to be held accountable going forward. But everybody's got to be count- held accountable. It doesn't matter who you are as a player. Around the National Hockey League, coaches are doing it. We've talked about it a number of times. Miller happened in Vancouver. Miller's tied for the scoring lead. He got benched a couple weeks ago. He's tied for the NHL scoring lead. Uh, This year, Huberto, he's their biggest man when it comes to to money. The big signing for the Calgary Flames, he got benched an entire third period. Uh, Last year, John Cooper benched Kucherov, Stamkos, and Braden Point. Players do get benched. Now, you're not going to put them in the stands, but you can send a message by, you know, if the power play is not getting it done, send the second unit out there. Or if uh, the first line or the second line or someone uh, makes a play defensively that is you know cheating or anticipating the wrong way Mm -hmm. all right you know what we're going to skip you the next time we go through the lineup now i don't know if they're there yet for certain players simply because this is a new coach but it does. you do have to be held accountable. As we talked before, Bob and I were talking about, there's a standard in Tampa how they want to play, in Boston how they want to play. Well, you've everybody's got to play to that standard. It can't just be some of the players, and it just can't be some of the time. You've got to send a message. This is not a Stanley Cup winning team here at Edmonton yet. This is a team that's still trying to get there. And to get there, they've got to play the right way all of the time. And right now, there's a lot of players on this team that have underachieved, and That's why the Edmonton Oilers right now are underachieving as a team.
1: 6-4, the Lightning take it. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light. That allows you on 630chett.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appy at Japanese Village. Now open for lunch at Edmonton South. West Edmonton Mall, an afternoon celebration for the census. Visit jvedmonton.ca We've got a couple other games going on here, uh, Rob. Montreal and Boston, scoreless about three and a half minutes in. The Islanders in Calgary, almost five minutes into the game, no score there. The scoreboard update for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit advantagetrailerrentals.com Earlier today, It was the Predators beating Chicago 4-2. Flyers beat the Golden Knights 4-3 in overtime. Senators beat the Wild. The game in Sweden, it was 2-1 in a shootout. Rangers have an early 1-0 lead on the Devils almost halfway through the first period. Okay, you can get us at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline powered by Teed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. teed pro all the way. We have Dean standing by. Hi, Dean. Go ahead, please. Okay, well, they played a pretty good game,
5: um, except for the the mental cramps like Bouchard. I, I won't pile on Bouchard much, because um, Rob has already touched on that. But I, I kind of want to say about the Sergachev penalty. You know, I don't know how you see it, but I, I, I rewound it about three times, and that was a deliberate intent to hurt McDavid, right?
1: The high and stick? Yeah, exactly.
5: It was well, no. It was no fault. It was. It was intentional to because it wasn't even. He didn't even lift it up. He actually tried to poke it, that his stick into his. Uh, he should have got five minutes. No, okay,
2: I, I disagree on that. I no, he was swinging. I you for, disagree,
5: Rob. I know he, he was. To me,
2: I think he's swinging to hit the puck. The puck was not there. All, he swung and missed. Well, I've. I've. Not I've, at all. Oh I've. I've. I mean, I got to look at who it is too. I don't know Sergachev to be anything of a that kind of player. I don't know a player that would go around and slash a guy across the face on purpose. To me, he was swinging at the puck, missed the puck, and the the referee saw it, made the right call. I mean, the Oilers weren't, I mean, not a single Oiler went and talked to him. So the Oilers, the players themselves, if there was any intent that someone was trying to injure Connor McDavid on purpose, he would have had to go after, Kane would have went after him, De would have went after him, there would have been a lineup of guys, but not a single player even talked to him, because they realized he was trying to get the puck and, and missed, and the referee made the right call. It was
5: so fast. But anyways, uh, Bouchard, you know, like that third goal, when, like you, you were saying, that he, he passed into the into into the blue line or blue line there. Yep. Yep. He
1: should have he should have he should
5: have be lined right back,
1: right? Well that, up, that, you, what, up, you know what we you know, what's interesting yeah. Dean, Rob and I commented to each other on that before they scored. Yeah. Like, as soon as he threw the puck across, we said, "Why isn't he hustling back?" Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I know that's what frustrates people. And look, Bouchard is incredibly talented, and I don't want to I mean, they need a player like that on oh, the team. Oh, one hundred percent. So yeah. you know, I don't want to be one of these. Oh, you know, Reid's running Bouchard out of town. Like I'm, I'm not like that. But no, you got to take the the good with with the bad, bad, and every player is going to have some bad. But that's what frustrates fans: is he looks unintense. <laughs> he looks, I guess, unintense
2: isn't a word. <laughs> it is but he, now.
1: But he, but at times he appears to lack a little bit of awareness and a little bit of intensity
2: well he's he's a player that in junior hockey never had to worry about the defensive side of things as much because he would have been a very talented offensive player i in junior my defense was not near as good because our team always had the pucks we didn't have to play as well but it's a learnt trait and it's something he's going to have to learn because there are moments in a game where they need him to do the safe play to, to play the on the proper side. He's it's not going to cut into his offense He's still going to be a guy that can jump up in the play and score like he did tonight on a wonderful shot mm-hmm. But there are, are moments that you have to uh, Do what you're supposed to but as Ken Hitchcock had a rule when I played for him and Hitch is Just got inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. He said when you have the puck you can do what you want when you don't have the puck you do what I want. And I think that's a great way for Evan Bouchard to play. When you don't have the puck, then you do what I want defensively. On on two of the plays today, when he didn't have the puck, he made the wrong decision.
1: Yeah. Well, that's so much of hockey, right? I mean, if you if you were to watch a hockey game and literally make a tick mark every time a player didn't make the best possible decision, I mean, you would have hundreds of, of, of tick marks. Now, some, are, some situations are worse than others. Sometimes it's a... A quick read, sometimes you don't, I mean, they don't have, as good as they are, they don't have eyes on the back of their head. They, they think something else is happening. The, the puck is always going to, the, to a less than ideal spot. Yep. And so, and that's the thing with Bouchard. Okay, he should have thrown the puck into the corner. Yeah. Stage one, he, he threw it across the ice. Okay, but don't come, then you just got to make a beeline back to your own net and it probably is a two-on-two two, or it's least disrupted and you're making Tampa make a more difficult play to score a
2: goal. 100%. It's reading the situation in the game. There's times where you do need to cheat or anticipate. There's times where you need do need to force things, but that wasn't the time. And, uh, again, it's things hopefully he'll learn. Hopefully uh, having Paul Coffey on the bench and a new coach, Chris Knoblock, who is going to probably be repeating things that he's heard before from other coaches, mm-hmm. and eventually it'll, it, it'll sink in. But he's got... An ability that no one else on this team has. Uh-huh. His shot is second to none. Uh, he, he can score from distance. He makes their power play dangerous. Uh, all those things are true. It's the defensive lapses that uh, cause... Uh, angst amongst Euler fans. And those the thing is those things can be fixed. You can't learn how to shoot like he does. Right. Nobody can say, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna practice and I'm gonna shoot like Bouchard. You were born with that ability. So that's not a learnt trait. The other things are learnt traits, things that you can start understanding the game better. You can start reading the game better. And hopefully it'll come from being around a Hall of Famer on the bench or a knoblock who's a calming influence. But certainly uh, there are moments in his game this season where different decision-making would have been better. Now, all of these things said about Bouchard and, and, and the season he's had, he's now got 16 points on the season. He's He's got three points more than Connor McDavid on the year. So there are things that he's doing well this year. It's just the mistakes that he's made... Are big mistakes, and that's what he's just got to take out of his game. All right, the Lightning win it 6 4 tonight. I set the
1: line at 3.5 for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. Combined points by Nugent Hopkins, Brown, and McDavid. Two for Nugent, nothing for Brown, and nothing for McDavid. So it is under. Ken is the winner of a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino. Gift card as uh, Brown returns to the lineup tonight, Rob, and he plays 10:24. is credited with uh, a shot on goal and uh, three other shot attempts.
2: I thought he played well, Reid. I thought he had some good moments tonight. Hopefully, that's the start of him moving forward and the points start coming for him.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, they're going to need him. I mean, this is you know he's supposed to be a top six player, so he's got to good enough to get some points as well. We if you're playing here. with
2: Connor McDavid, the puck's got to go in the back net eventually. All right. We'll
1: get to a couple more of your phone
2: calls. We'll have more
1: post-game reaction from Amelina, uh, Amalie Arena as well as uh, Boston scores to take a 1-0 lead on the Canadians. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.
0: Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 6.30 chance. A goal, to point on the right wing. He'll shoot wide of the Oiler net. Trying to use Darnell Nurse as a screen. The right wing, Kucherov off the right wing board. has got it in front of the goal, to point to Kucherov. Oh, what a save by Skinner. And a penalty coming up. Stewart Skinner with a huge stop
1: to keep this a 2-0 Oiler lead. That's his save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Skinner, however, takes the loss. 18 saves on 23 shots. At the other end, Jonas Johansson filling in for Vasilevsky. Stops 39 out of 43. So, again, the Oilers get over 40 shots and lose. Six time that's happened this season. Six for the Lightning. Win it. Let's go to the Certainty Hotline. We have Brian standing by. Brian, thanks for calling.
6: Hey guys, how are you doing tonight? Good. Uh, so my uh, my opinion is it, it it appears that they're they're passing way too much again, uh, or it, it, at the very least, they're taking too long to take to to take their passes. The last three games, they did a lot of short, crisp, uh, really clean passes, nice and quick. Uh, Rob touch base on on the. Uh, Tampa Bay power play that uh, that they scored on, where th- there was uh, four or five passes within about four or five seconds, and it was quick. And you know, you-, you caught Skinner going the wrong way quite easily because the passes were so quick. And it just seems like they're if they they're in the offensive zone, and uh, like the last three games. It was almost like uh, it was almost like they were counting. There was only about four passes, and they'd shoot.
1: So you're, you're talking just power play, right? Pardon me, you're talking power play specifically, right?
6: No, I'm talking like even five-on-five.
1: Five. Oh, all the time. Okay, okay.
6: And and you know, it just I I feel that the uh, the teams have gotten to the point where they realize. You know, one, one great way to take the game away from the Oilers outside of uh, silencing McDavid and dry title is take away the pass.
2: Rob? Well, you're always more effective if you move the puck quickly. Um, I mean, the Oilers had a number of great A scoring chances today. They did have over 40-some shots. There are times that they could move the puck quicker. To me, when the Oilers lose games, it's not so much what they're doing with the puck on their stick. It's what they're doing when the puck's not on their stick. I mean, tonight they scored. What, they, they had five goals there or four goals? Who was the final? Six-four. Six, six, four. They had four goals there. That should be enough offensively. On the road, four goals should be enough. So uh, there are times they could move the puck quicker. Yeah, 100%. And great example as was the Tampa Bay Lightning goal. But to me, the reason they lost this game were was the way they played without the puck. They just gave up too many good chances going the other way.
1: A guy who did have two goals tonight, his first two of the season, Derek Ryan. Getting the board, notch a couple. I know he didn't win, but
4: uh, good to get something started for you. Is that fair?
7: Yeah, for sure. Um, would have been a lot better for a win, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, your thoughts, you know, you
4: guys have been playing better defensively, but tonight's not the night when you need five to win, not probably the formula to win
7: games. Certainly not, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think we gave up a ton, but the stuff that we did give up was quality, grade A. So, <clears throat> yeah, we can definitely clean that up. Definitely not a matter of scoring more goals. It's a matter of keeping it out of our net. It's yeah, a reoccurring it, theme. It seemed like you had pretty good control of that game for quite some time. Uh, does it seem
4: sort of disappointing that, you know, that was one that was there to be had? It looked like from upstairs anyway.
7: I mean, definitely one that we should have had. I definitely agree with that going into the third period. Um, Got to be able to lock that down and win that game. Um, whether or not we had control, I think they definitely had some control in different moments of the game. Their power play is lethal, and um, I think we probably put them on the power play too much. And, um, yeah, so they definitely got a lot of momentum off their power play, I would say. Derek, the team's record falls to o five and one when you guys put up 40-plus shots. What comes to mind when you hear that stat? Um, we're letting in too many goals. I think that's the missing part of that equation is that when we do have whatever plus shots, then um, we're giving up too many goals still. Well, that's true. They give up
1: too many goals. Uh, I mean, where were they coming into today? uh, 29th, 3.67, so that'll go up.
2: Yeah, no, it, it's not good enough. This is uh, too many nights the Oilers have to score five goals to win, and in the National Hockey League, that's just too much. And right now, when your top players are snake bitten, it just makes it that much harder. Again, I just go back to the, f- the the fact that the Oilers tonight in this game got three goals from their bottom six forwards, and they were unable to win a hockey game. That that is a l- huge lost opportunity. Yeah, uh, that that you, you the Oilers might go the rest of the season without getting three goals from their bottom six in the same game. And tonight they had it, and they weren't able to find a way to get a point, let alone two. All right, we'll go back to the certainty hotline. We have Fred. Hi, Fred. Uh, Fred,
1: who is my friend also, if this is the normal Fred. How's it going?
6: Hey, how's it going? Uh, that's one game you have to win, but i got three quick hitters for you. Goaltending. Uh, We've got Stuart Skinner. Are you comfortable with Pickard for the rest of the year?
2: Um, I don't know. I haven't seen him yet. Uh, I do not believe Edmonton fan base would be entirely comfortable with Skinner and Pickard if they told them at the beginning of the season that would be the goaltending. And I'm not sure the Edmonton management uh, at the beginning of the year if they would have said it's going to be Skinner and Pickard that would be your goaltenders for the year. Yeah. So I, I haven't seen him play but I mean stats and history and things like that say that the Oilers probably want to upgrade. Uh, if that's what your goaltending situation is.
6: And that'll be tough
2: to do, believe me.
6: Um, power play, is Gulickson running the power play right now? Yes. I would imagine so. Yeah. I think Paul Coffey might take over the power play, and I think that'd be a great move. And finally, uh, you know what? I was a big Clem Coston fan. They're missing
1: that boy big time. Go look at Costin's stats, Fred. He's I mean, having a terrible I was year talking about, I was talking about this. With, I mean, I, I love what he did last year. But And we talked about it last year, too. He is not a consistent player.
2: He's 4th he's he's uh, he, in Detroit and not playing well. Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, he there were moments that he was really good for the Oilers. I think he's averaging about eight minutes a night in Detroit on their fourth line. I actually watched one of the games where he actually had a good game. But for the most part, he does not play very much. And he certainly is not uh, an eight-minute guy that makes two and a half million dollars a year. The Oilers certainly can't afford that. As for the power play, I mean, it's hard to kick Gullickson off the bench when he just had the best power play in the history of the NHL, and the Oilers' power play is the number one power play in the last five years. Uh, They still have some things to get better on it, but... To me, it's execution and finish is what they need to improve on, and I believe it'll come. This power play didn't forget how to score goals. Uh,
1: costed 14 games, two points, 8:37 uh, uh, ice time per game. I mean, he has, he, his good games were good. Yep. It was, it, you know, it was on his uh, off nights why he didn't play. I mean, I wish I wish him the best, but I know I know when a team starts poorly, fans start comparing rosters. Oh well, this guy left. That's why we're lousy. I don't think the Oilers are ten five and one instead of five ten and one if if coston is here.
2: No, and the Oilers couldn't afford clean coston. He he got two and a half million, I believe it is, in uh, in Detroit. He got two over, million. Two million, two million. Got, cap it. Yeah, he got two million a year. The, the Oilers can't afford two million dollars on their fourth I, line. I,
1: I would argue of the guys who left, they missed Nick Bjugstad the most.
2: I agree. I agree, and he's actually I have seen his name in the a couple times in uh the scoring for, for Arizona. But again, he's got a contract that the Oilers could not afford. That's why he's got ten points yeah. in sixteen games. Yeah, so he's having uh, a very good year, but what's he making? Two point one. There you go. So the Oilers couldn't afford afford that.
1: And, um, I, I, and I would take Bukestad at 2.1 over Coston at 2 any day.
2: Oh, 100%. Yeah. A yeah, big, strong centerman that wins face-off. I thought he was very good for the Oilers last year when they had him, and obviously with 10 points. Now, having said that, he's probably playing in situations in Arizona that he wouldn't be playing here in Edmonton. He would be on your third line in Edmonton, and he would be getting zero power play time. But he was a very nice addition for the Edmonton Oilers last year, and the Oilers would have loved to have had him back, but... Uh, they weren't going to pay the the price to get them.
1: All right, 6-4, the Oilers lose. Here is forward Zach Hyman.
2: High event game tonight, Zach, but uh, in your mind, what was the
8: difference? Uh, They scored one more than us, and then obviously an empty netter, but uh, I thought we could have gotten one on the power play there um, to separate us a little bit, and then obviously at the end of the game there, you want to get the the power play goal to tie it up. So we weren't able to do that. They got a power play goal, and we didn't there. but, I mean, I thought we, I thought we um, outplayed them for the most part, just wasn't ahead on the score sheet. The record falls to 0-5-1 when your team puts up more than 40 shots. How do you explain that? Um, I mean, I think some games when you you shoot more than your team, you're chasing the game. I don't think that we were chasing the game in this one. I thought this one, um, we had control of the game for the most part. We had a lead on the road going into the third. So I thought we were in a great spot to to take advantage of it and, um but yeah sometimes game script kind of dictates that sometimes you control play and you lose the game and i think we've been on the wrong side of that
4: too many times this year so there's two ways to win this game right it's to tighten up defensively and not need five to win mm-hmm. or to power play gets a couple and you get to six or seven and you're right. that way what's the best solution here
8: oh i think we've been a team in the past that's been able to win those 6 and 7 you know goal games right obviously this year that that's not happening right so i think you have to win the tighter games i think that's kind of where we're at right i think as you go down the road, like, you, you don't see many playoff games, 6-7, you know, till whatever the score is, and you're winning it, right? So, I think uh, scoring four goals should be enough for us, and I think, like you said, we got to tighten up on, on the defensive side of things, um, just little plays, because I, I did think we carried a, a lot of the play today.
4: Yeah, I thought that, like, in your three-game winning streak, you stopped being the team that only gave up grade-A chances, mm-hmm. right? Tonight, you only gave up grade-A chances. You didn't right. give up many Bs and Cs. Is that... Uh, hopefully it went off, I guess, but I don't know what, I, what the question there is, but yeah. there's a return that you don't want to see. Uh,
8: yeah, I think yeah, we have to recognize who we play against too, right? I think they got some really talented players over there, so you, they don't need 40 shots, right, if, if you give them 5, 6, 7, 8 grade A looks, you're probably going to lose the game, right, so um, you got to know who you're out there against, you got to make sure that you, you clean up, we clean up the little plays. I think that's kind of what's plagued us this year is a little errors. Uh, so we need to clean that up. But I think the other thing that, that we can do better is is kind of bail each other out. Like, I think if, if there isn't a little mistake, like I think we can do a better job of covering for one another and, and making sure that, you know, a little mistake doesn't turn into a grade A, which turns into a goal, right? I, I think we can do a better job of that.
1: Don't, make, don't let one miscue Hmm. Turn into four. I mean, usually in hockey you can survive one, depending on I guess unless it's right for your own net. But well, that's it true.
2: And I like what uh, what Elsie said was where he talked about uh, the the mistakes we make, and we're only making you know five, six, seven, eight. But teams like Tampa. They don't need 25 shots. You, right. give them, you give them six or seven grade A's, that's going to be enough for them to win hockey games. And we saw that tonight. The Oilers, the Oilers for, and, and the, I know that a couple of the reporters said you guys outplayed them. A couple of the players talked about it, that they were in control of the games for most parts of it. But it's the big mistake that's killing them. And this is something all season long. There have been other games the Oilers have lost this year where they've been the better team in the hockey game. And at the end of the night, they're not coming away with points because they, their big mistakes were bigger.
0: Uh-huh.
2: So that's a, if there's one thing the Oilers can become better at is taking away that you know, five-alarm mistake that turns uh, into a breakaway or a two-on-one or a three-on-one. Because what we've seen so far this year, when teams are getting them, they're capitalizing on them at a very high rate.
1: Great moment for James Hamblin. You're going to hear from him. He gets his first NHL goal in the Oilers' 6-4 loss to the Lightning. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.
0: Live, Oilers hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 6.30 chance left wing boards for Stamkos and he got muscled off of that and the puck cleared out by Gagne goes down into the lightning end and on the right wing boards was Hamblin that around to the left wing point Kulak will pull it, he'll shoot it that save made by Johansson, now Hamblin
1: scores!
0: James Hamblin first goal in the NHL
1: yeah, gr- for his yeah great moment for Hamblin here he is Tell us about the moment when you, uh, what you did after you
4: scored and how long have you been thinking about that?
9: Yeah, I mean, it was uh, obviously a very exciting moment. Um, I just pointed to the sky. I think uh, my initial thoughts are straight to my mom. I think I've had that uh, celebration in the bank for a few years now. And so, you know, it was. I think it was a weight off my shoulders to, to finally score the first one. And, um, you know, like I said, the first thoughts were just straight to her. How special was it to be able to share that moment with her? yeah it's super special you know I, I know she's she's in my heart she's she's on my back and um, you know it's just uh you know it's it's hard to not get emotional about it but uh I'm uh, just really fortunate that uh that went in. James, not to
8: take away from the moment at all, but unfortunately it does come in a loss. What do you think was the difference for you for the result tonight?
9: Yeah, I mean, it felt like we played a pretty solid game for, for most of it. Um, we just kind of, we let them have a few in the end. You know, I wish we could have uh, done a little bit better job of shutting it down in the third period. But, uh, you know, we have to have a short memory. we got to move on to Florida.
1: Yeah, well, like I said before the game, Rob, great to hear from Hamblin and, and talk about his mom who passed away in 07. He played 702 and gets the goal. He was plus two. I mean, again, like we were talking about earlier, the Oilers did not lose this game because their bottom six got dominated oh. by, by top guys or, or the Lightning got better matchups or or anything like that. Um, so, the, the rec- I mean, look, the record's poor. The record's, well, they're going to be under 500 for at least f- – four more games right (laughs) so it's a long process back I said before the game they're going to have to play 627 hockey to get to 95 points so that'll go up to 630 something now I haven't calculated it yet Um, so you know if you you play if you win two of the next three on this road trip then okay you've won that would be what four out of six under Knoblock. that's kind of what they have to do they have to get almost two thirds of their points
2: it, it, the thing is, when you it, it's like when you uh, fall behind by two or three in a hockey game and you mount your comeback. You almost have to be perfect the rest of the way. You can't have any slip-ups because you could be down and you come back, you get all tied up and everything looks good. Then you have that one slip-up, you lose the hockey game. Well, that's what it's like right now for the Oilers. They have to play perfect games or when they have special things happen for them they got to take advantage of it and tonight is one where they got three goals from bottom six players you have to find a way to get a point out of that you have a lead going into the third period on the road against the tampa team who you and i both said after the first period they were awful early in this hockey game you've got to find a way to get a point on the road when you're leading in the third period when you're leading late in the third period and uh if you are a team that's you know, near the top of the standings right now, if you're Vegas and like I watched Vegas and they outplayed Philadelphia badly, they ended up losing on a play in overtime. You can afford those because you've built up this long, this stretch of games where you're really good and you've got a lot of points in the bank. The Oilers don't. Yeah. So they can't throw away points. Even a point today. Yes. 100%. You know, That's what I mean. You
1: might've been, might been disappointed to lose in overtime, but at least you, okay. You did enough to get a point.
2: Because there are, are teams around the National Hockey There's There's so many teams ahead of you right now that every time you don't get points, half of those teams are going to. Yep. So have like Vegas night. They lost. They still picked up a point. Um, Calgary right now. Uh, they're they're in a big game. If they get a point, they move ahead. Of, they move further ahead of the Oilers. But this was a game that things went their way. They had a two nothing lead. They have. Big points for players in their bottom six. There's so many things that went well for them in this hockey game, yet they're not able to find a way to get a point out of it. All
1: right, they'll try to get a point or two on the road against the Florida Panthers on Monday. They've been great in that building, by the way. That's our next game broadcast presented by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. Face-off show at 3.30, and the puck will drop at 5.00. Get more on this game on globalnews.ca or 630chad.com. Remember, we have the Gray Cup tomorrow on 630chad coverage starting at 4.00. Thanks to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer this afternoon. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Ryan scores twice. Hamblin gets his first ever in the NHL, but the Oilers lose 6-4 to the Lightning.